Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Are you or your team performing all possible vendor validations? Do you know which documents have the key data you need to confirm that the vendor you are about to create or update is real? Be sure by downloading the vendor validation reference list. It also has links to all the resources listed. Download at www. Dot Deborah D E B R A R Richardson R I C H A R D S O N dot com. And another state form that you may have to fill out, and this one is definitely unique. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 97, why you may need to collect the I-312 South Carolina form for non-resident vendors. So for the last three podcast episodes, I've been starting it off with, did you know that there were states that require you to determine if non-resident withholding is necessary for your vendors most times prior to the first payment? And I talked about California, Pennsylvania, and Nebraska in episodes 94, 95, and 96. And I originally said there were only three states. However, there is one more, South Carolina. And I should say that I am aware of. So California, Pennsylvania, Nebraska, and now South Carolina. If you are aware of any other states where you have to determine the um, vendor's uh, non-resident withholding or eligibility or have them fill out any type of a form, please leave that in the comments of whatever platform that you are listening to this podcast on, or just shoot me an email at Deborah at DebraRRichardson.com and let me know. And I'll do some research and, uh, and bring it on the podcast and my blog as well. So looking at South Carolina, their Department of Revenue indicates two specific vendor payment scenarios where withholding may be required. And what's unique about it is that each of these scenarios has a different withholding rate and threshold, which is new as far as the states that I covered are concerned. Um, The first scenario is payments to a non-resident taxpayer for services performed in the state. The withholding rate is 2% if the total payments exceed $10,000. And this scenario is called the 2% non-resident contractor withholding. The second scenario is payments to a non-resident taxpayer 
for royalty or rental payments for property in South Carolina. The withholding rate for this scenario is 7% for vendors that are not corporations and 5% for vendors that are corporations. So again, this is very unique in their requirements as far as states go. South Carolina changes the withholding rate based on the type of payment being made. And then even within that payment for royalty or rental payments, they change the rate based on what type of a company it is. So if it's a corporation, they get one rate. If it's not, they get another rate. So again, very unique requirements. Now, there's also a third scenario um, for payments or distributions from estates and trusts where that beneficiary distribution is based on South Carolina taxable income. That's not something that's normally done within AP. I know um, when I was a practitioner, we actually got that information from another team and we reported it as we reported all of our other 1099 forms because that's just how we did it at that particular company. But that wasn't something that we issued from within AP. But if that is something that your team or you or your team are responsible for, I do have a link to the South Carolina Department of Revenue. Um, so you can uh, feel free to click on that and get some more information as well as about the two scenarios for the vendor. Now, again, the withholding rates and thresholds vary. Um, this can be hard to program into your accounting system or ERP. So if you are or if you do have vendors that are eligible for withholding, it could be a manual withholding process. Also, the non-resident contractor withholding must be reported and paid on the same schedule as employer withholding. So again, something very unique. And this looks like it's very, it may be a little time consuming as well. I've never had to withhold for South Carolina. So if that's something that you have had to do in the past or are currently doing, again, email me or place your comments in whatever platform you're listening to this in. And uh, just let me know how, how that's being handled, whether you are able to put that in your accounting system or whether it's a manual process. Um, now, moving on, one, some good news is one way to avoid having to withhold with your vendors is if your eligible vendor is registered with the South Carolina Secretary of State or their Department of Revenue. And this means that the vendor is then responsible for reporting and paying any applicable income tax to the state, which means that you do not have to do any withholding. And they would report that to you on the South Carolina I-312 form, which is the non-resident taxpayer registration affidavit income tax withholding. That's a mouthful. But if you collect this form for the vendor, then you as the payer are not required to withhold income tax. Now the form itself 
itself is way simpler than the uh, Nebraska form that uh, I talked about in the uh, last episode, uh, podcast episode 96. Um, And unlike the other state forms, it does not require you to fill out your company's information. So on the Pennsylvania form, on the Nebraska form, on the um, two uh, California forms, there there was a section that you have to fill out the payers information. And so my recommendation there was for you to pre-populate that and then send the form to your vendor when required. In this case with South Carolina, there is actually a question, um, question number five that requires the vendor to fill out your name and address based on the type of payment being made, either the um, uh, contractor with uh, contractor payments or the rent or royalty payments, but it's up to them to put that in there. So this one you you may not have to do because really the form is meant to be completed signed by the vendor and just submit it to you as the payer. It's not something that you give them to fill out, although you may have to with some vendors um, if they don't have it. What I recommend is that if you have an eligible vendor and they do not submit the form to you, ask them to submit it in lieu of withholding. You can put some really good professional ease um, verbiage there to say that if they don't submit the form, then you will withhold whatever applicable um, withholding um, rate uh, it is for that scenario. That is usually enough to get the point of contact at the vendor to reach out to their own tax department or leadership if they are unaware of their registration status with the state. So just by getting that um, uh, information to whoever you're dealing with at the vendor that you're going to have to withhold, it may trigger them to um, actually reach out to someone at their company to make sure um, that they have that affidavit in if it is applicable. Now, the other thing too is that within the signature area, um, they do indicate that uh, they want the signature of the non-resident taxpayer. And if it is a corporate officer that is signing it, then they want the title. Um, that's a little different, um, but they do want the title there. So you will have um, some informa- good information if you haven't filled out this form. It's actually a very simple one-page form. Um, it's asking for their legal name, um, their trade name, which is their DBA, their mailing address, their um, uh, tax ID number, and then whether or not, you know, what type of payments they are, whether they're hiring a contracting with you or receiving the rental rental or royalty payments. And then they just have to identify whether or not they're registered with the Secretary of State or their Department of Reg- uh, Revenue. They put the date of registration and they sign it. So it's a very simple form. Again, not at all like the Nebraska form that I linked to in the show notes for the last podcast is is fairly simple. And most vendors, if they are registered, will probably already have this form completed and will send this to you when um, during the vendor onboarding process. Now, as always, check with your company's tax professional. 
verify with them whether your company needs to determine South Carolina non-resident withholding from your vendors. Eligibility can be based on where your company is located or where the services are being performed or maybe even some criteria that only your tax professional will know. Also, since additional forms collected during the vendor setup process can always cause additional delays and questions, it's best to, one, verify it in advance, right, if you need to do it. And if you do need to collect the form or withhold from your vendors, you need to make sure you provide training to your vendor maintenance and your AP help desk team. Um, this will keep your team updated and then just also arm them with the information required to respond to requests about the withholding. Create a FAQ, frequently asked questions or desk procedure, desktop procedure with prepared responses that can be copied and pasted in emails or used when speaking to vendors or internal employees on the phone. If you need a desktop procedure, as I did in my last three episodes, I'll link to a template on my site that you can download. Now it is a, I think it's a new vendor ad template, but it has all the good bones in it as uh, including like a table of contents that'll automatically update. And then it has each of the sections and you can revise that as needed for this process. Process. Also, add the requirement to your vendor setup and maintenance policy or your AP policy for your internal employees to know what is required for vendor setup. Plus, since the policy should be signed off by leadership, it is much better to support uh, what you're requiring when you're talking to um, those very great internal employees that sometimes don't always understand why you collect or why vendor maintenance collects or requires what they need for vendor setup. So I hope that gave you enough information for South Carolina to start your own research and due diligence. And as always, thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 97th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.